Blitz is defined as a sudden, savage attack. It is indeed all this. The effect is sure. The premise is simple. It's a basic, primal confrontation, man to man. No excuses are offered. None accepted. Welcome to the latest edition of Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Looks like a radio station. Now, here are your hosts. Lifetime Longhorn Rod Babers. Pure athlete, yeah. I transcend race, hombre. Matt Butler. I don't talk man. I back it up. And we are sock full of that, man. right. And Jeff Howe. It's still real to me, damn it. And that's the bottom line. Because Stone Cold said so. If you're going to blitz, come strong. But don't come at all. Coming strong with another edition of Longhorn Blitz with Horns 24-7. I am Jeff Howe. Rod, you know one thing that's popular in this social media era that we live in? Oh, it's polls, it's lists, it's best ofs, and yeah. especially this time of year when really that's all we have to do is come up with you're creating content. You're, love lists. You're planning, yeah. Love so lists, I got tasked with the guys at 24-7 and Trey Scott and the guys over there doing a wonderful job uh, with our video stuff to ask me with, hey, rank the five best players in school history, one to five. Texas? Yeah. Damn. Well, and I was like, well, oh, well. It's not that hard. It's not mm. that hard. It's pretty easy now that I think about it. And I'll give you my top five. And I'll start at number one. And really, this is how I did it, right? This was my thought process, Rod. To Whoa. me, one one through three are in a group by themselves. Yeah. And I think you can rank them in any order. And easy. I don't know that anybody would argue with the order. Mm-hmm. Uh, then there's a gap. And I think number four is, is by himself. Yeah. In a category. If you're thinking that same guy. And then when about. you get to five, I think that's when the debate starts. Ooh, this is good. Okay? I debated five. All right. So my top three were in Easy. order. Number one, I went Earl Campbell, number one. Heisman winners. Yeah. Number two, I went Vince Young. Oh, okay. And number three, I went Ricky Williams. Ooh, now, again, over Ricky. I think it's those three, and then you can kind of put them <laughs> nice. in any order. If okay. somebody said, well, Vince Young should be number one, I wouldn't disagree with that. If you think you can make an argument for Ricky Williams being number one. I was yeah. you can make and an argument for either one of them being number right, one. Right, exactly. You could, you could, yeah. Number four for me, there's no <laughs> question about it. Number four for me, no no doubt, is, Tom, is Tommy Nobis. I had cold. okay I last week. Then <laughs> me and Jeff had this last week because Jeff, before the show last week, asked me this question, I like, and I was uh, like, "Man, you uh, got those three, and then the four or five, But I was like, I was gonna say I, "Maybe I'm disrespecting, but there just aren't going to be cold. many middle when, linebackers taking first overall anymore." So, true. like, when you put those he, accolades he there, like but, I t- so I the four and five are in their own group too. It's oh, just yeah. like where Matt. you divvy it out. I think it called too. No, I haven't done the research. It's like I told Matt though. There's there's it's going to have to be a rare cat for a, a Mike linebacker to go number one in the draft ever again. <laughs> He's a rare cat. Like, no doubt. Uh, but I just, look, when you talk about defense at Texas and all the great defenders, you talk about what one number is synonymous with great defense at Texas. It's 60. 60, baby. And, and where does that all start? Where do you trace it Tommy back to? Tommy You trace it back to Tommy Nobis. No, I know. I agree with you. That's but true, too. But so to me, it's four and, and five. And at number, at number five, which to me is really where the debate starts, I went with Colt McCoy at number five. Ooh, now, I, people got on to me I saying. I was saying debate begins before that, then. <laughs> people, people got on to me saying, well, how do you not put Bobby Lane at number five? Or James Street was undefeated. <laughs> Those are they're great players. It's like if you leave somebody off a top five list, it's like assuming, well, you think they're garbage. I don't think no, Bobby Lane was garbage. Yeah. I don't think James Street was garbage. It's like you're talking about a program like Texas. You're going to have a long list of great players and narrowing it down to five. Once you get to that bottom part of the top five, it can be pretty tough, and it's all subjective. That's just my top five. Your, my your top, research led you there. Yeah, you, know, and, I mean, you gotta take. You gotta go with the research. I've been places where, I'm like, man, I didn't really think this would be. I've done that that DBU ranking, and I'm like, damn, mm-hmm. I didn't know this guy was gonna be that high. But doing the research, this dude is he's, he's a beast. And it's you all about mean? what qualifications to use. Like Rod, yeah. I know you weigh like all American honors. All American in, meant a lot in mind. Like where you ranking like the statistics of you know DB history, DBU history, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So. Well, I'll go around real quick again. My top five, and you can find this video at Horns 24-7. It's floating around everywhere, 24-7 Sports. I think it's on our Facebook page. I believe it's on our Twitter account also. My top five, one to five, Earl Campbell, Vince Young, Ricky Williams, Tommy Nobis, Colt McCoy. Matt, what would be your top five if you were putting it together? I uh, probably would have. I, I, I thought about it last week, but still, I think your top three is about right. I probably would have dropped down. 
I see it's hard to drop down Earl, but with the Vince and the national championship thing, it seemed like that would be fitting. But the long-term career, it's like Ricky overpassed Earl. So I still, I would be the guy that would anger everybody and just say they're 1A, 1B, 1C, let's move on, and then Colt 4, and then Nobis, I'd give him 5. Rod B, what say you? I would go with uh, Earl, number 1. I'll go Vince 2, Ricky 3. I'll go Colt number four. Um, yeah, I'll go with Nobis at five. I mean, because I think you make a great point about you're talking about greatest players, defensive players in UT history. And, I mean, hell, it it, it starts with him almost every time. I mean, there are the guys in the conversation. Ends. Yeah, but. Johnny Johnson's in that conversation. Johnny Johnson in that Gray, conversation. Derek Hager's Johnson. in that conversation. Um Man, yeah, but you're right. It's, it's all about him. And here's what I went with, with Earl Campbell. And, you know, Jake Rowe from our Georgia site did the same thing with Georgia and ranked the top five Georgia players. And Horsher Walker was number one on that list. And I started thinking about, you know, you think about that line of running backs yeah. in college football in the 80s where it's hmm. it's Herschel Walker, it's George Rogers, it's Mike Rozier, Bo Jackson, guys that just had this rare blend of, like, size and power and speed. That all started with Earl Campbell. I mean, yes, you mm. could take it back to Jim Brown, but yeah. that line right there in the mid-70s through probably the late 80s, Earl Campbell to me was the first in that line. I might be missing somebody. I know I don't no disrespect to Archie Griffin or anybody else in there. Billy but when Simpson. you talk about yeah, elite big-time running backs, to me, Marcus that line really starts with Earl Campbell. Yeah. No, I'm with you. I, 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 that's why Earl, Earl's my number one. Yeah, Earl would be up there. Earl's too. number one. He's the first one. It's just Ricky was just, the '90s version. Like when you look on paper, if like say we were detached and many generations later, and you look at the accolades, Ricky may match up better because the numbers are better. But with you understand what Earl was for Texas and at that time, it really is one that there is no Ricky if there is an Earl. You have type to idea. see Earl Campbell play. Even in the NFL, Earl Campbell mm-hmm. stats don't really match up to a Hall of Fame career. They don't. Everybody who voted Earl Campbell into the Hall of Fame just saw him play. And when you saw him play, you go, okay, well, I've never seen anybody play the game like that. And everybody goes, well, you never saw Jim Brown. It's like, well, then he's the best I've ever seen since Jim Brown. <laughs> then, you know what I mean? You, you had never seen anybody run the ball like that right. and punish defenders. So Earl's number one just because the eye test alone. Right. You know I mean? So here's the thing I was thinking about. And Matt and I got into this a little bit last week, Rod, before you got into the studio. To me, where it gets really interesting when you're doing a list of top Texas players is like we said, there's that group of three kind of at the top, and then mm-hmm. Tommy Novus and Colt McCoy are kind of in that second group. Six through ten is really where it gets interesting because that's, that's when come. it gets completely subjective, and you can have some really good arguments Yeah, when you start ranking six through ten Okay, if you're doing a list of top players. yeah, Like if you're doing it right, who, who would be your number six? Mm, it would probably be, and Johnny Johnson might be number six. I mean, I'm just trying to think. I'm just trying to go down the list here. But, I mean, <laughs> if, I think he's, like, number one on my DBU rankings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if it's DBU, I'm just trying to think if it's some he defensive a, ends. He was a two-time unanimous All-American. You know, wide receivers. Like, I don't think there's another po- anybody at any other position that I think is – that I would hold in higher claim than – Johnny Johnson. So I think Johnny Johnson will be six. And that was exactly what Jeff, that, that was his instinct. And I immediately yeah. was like, yep, no, that's about right. Like if you want to go six through 10, because you had the people like you who said, Jeff, talking about Bobby Lane, or then you have the James Street was undefeated. Or if you want to just start looking at guys like Derek Johnson, who was like sort of the modern day Nobis for this generation's group, or even the Iraq Poe or the, the guys like Sims and Major, like yeah. those were the type of guys you can throw in. But no, if you're looking at like a clear cut, there's a big drop off from five yeah. it's like Johnny you fall John. off of mount rushmore and then you have that group next below them. yeah i mean i know like a lot of other dbs get a lot of love but man johnny johnson's career was unbelievable like it's he's one of those guys where i, I didn't originally when i came with the dbu rankings i didn't have him as high as i think i had him probably in the top six or seven i was you know i was still i was you know i was one of those recency bias guy guys i'm thinking about, about earlier that, i'm thinking about jerry gray and, all that, and i look back i'm like man johnny johnson was a freak a Two-time unanimous, unanimous All-American. Dude, he was a beast. You know what I mean? So, yeah, I think Johnny's up there. And then, I guess after that, I'll man, I, I might go Bobby Lane after that. I, I, I gotta go. Don't you almost have to go Bobby Lane by default? 
It's one of those things I feel disrespectful. Like you can't, you I feel, can't I feel have. Like a, I'm disrespecting him putting him at seven. Right. Yeah. I feel like I'm That's what we need an old right. person in the I feel room. Like I'm to already help us. disrespecting him, but I think I would put him at seven. But to to your point, like if you're gonna call your, if you're gonna brand yourself as DBU, Rod, and you were with Dwayne Aquino when that was Dwayne Aquino's goal to rebrand Texas yeah. as DBU. If you're gonna call yourself DBU, how can you leave out like the Godfather of DBU off of a list? Yeah, I agree with you. You know, no I mean, disrespect to Noble Dog. Yeah, but you might have two of those guys in the top ten. I mean, yeah, because. Man, Gray might creep into the top ten too. Yeah, you're gonna. If you, 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 all you can go, with, you can go with some other guys at DVU if you want to. Like uh, you know, Huff Daddy could be in that conversation, I guess. If you so want if you're to. doing the next five, I think Johnny Johnson and Bobby Lane to me uh, are no brainers. Uh, Derek Johnson to me is mm. is probably in there. Man, yeah, you got about DJ. How could I forget him? Yeah, he's right there. Oh man, really? Yeah. So DJ's DJ hired you. Ha- you have hired in Huff Daddy. Yeah, I would. Yeah. yeah. It's close, though, because we even brought up Huff. We brought up even at the bottom part. If we were to extend it to 15, a guy like Aaron Ross, we haven't even mentioned a Shipley or a Roy oh, Williams yeah. or the, the receivers. The wide so. receivers at Texas are down on the list. I, I, I do. I think that because yeah. there's so many great players. That's crazy to say that. <laughs> I feel like I'm disrespecting wide and Of course, I'm a DB, so it comes natural. <laughs> but, I, I, right? Am I wrong? Like, you go, hell, there's some cool D. There's a D lineman or two that may get up there before I think a wide receiver. Like, there's. Mm, Casey Hampton's tackle you know numbers. I mean? like, I mean, honestly, if, it's I, like, if it's I'm, I'm saying, it's like one or two D line. If like, I'm man. doing, if I'm doing a top ten, Casey Hampton's probably in my top ten. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I, I hate to disrespect the White House, but I mean, that's why Colin Johnson and Lil Jordan Humphrey have a chance to be all time great already, right? Because yeah. like, well, this ain't that damn long. I mean, we had, the last first round dr- uh, draft pick at White House we had was Roy Williams in 2004. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean. Like, it's, Thanks you know, to you. you. Know I mean? We don't really produce that many like high level wide receivers. I mean, they, they're good. They're great. I mean, man. even guys have been taken in the top three. Rounds since then, it's like Lima Swede, Jordan Shipley, Jordan Shipley Marquis Goodwin. Goodwin. I think that's it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's you know we, we you know it's gonna. I think it's gonna get better. This class coming in is gonna be you know I mean, unbelievable. But I think they're down, man. The wideouts are down. Six, seven guys in school Take history. That mm-hmm. Six or seven guys in school history that have had a, a thousand yard receiving season, and yeah. two of them are John Harris and Lil Jordan Humphrey. Which <laughs> yeah, no disrespect to those guys, but if you're putting a, together a list of the top players in school history. Come on, man. Do either of those guys they crack the top fifty? No. Oh, not John Harris. That's a great question. Does Lou Jordan Humphrey crack the top fifty? I'd have to do the research. You really have to start doing the research. He probably. Damn, that's a good I don't know. question. I was about to say though because I was like, surprised. Remember, I did my DBU rankings. I was surprised the guys like mm-hmm. you know, the, like Aaron Williams and you know how how low they end up grading. We haven't said Earl my, Thomas because it just didn't <laughs> stay that long. You know, Earl Thomas didn't even make it into my top four. I don't think because. Yeah. He just didn't stay long enough. If he'd have stayed that one more year, he'd have made. Well, mm-hmm. actually, he had two more years of eligibility, didn't he? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, but if he'd have stayed two more years, he'd have been the greatest DB in history of DBU. Earl Thomas is on my mm-hmm. DBU mountain. He's Rush still more. like top five, I think. He, he's actually, I think he was number five the last time of the DBU rankings. Hell, who knows? I might, I might pick, put him into the top four these days. Who knows? But my point is, when you start breaking it down, man, yeah, you're right. I mean, a guy like Lil Jordan Humphrey. Hell, man, he he's gonna drop down on the list. I mean, I would argue that Quandre Diggs probably is higher up on the list than Lil Jordan Humphrey. Yeah, if, if you he's look doing at an all time list of yeah. great players, right? he just, just contributed Texas. more. You know, yeah. what I mean? Lil Jordan Humphrey had that one great year. Hell, look, Quandre Diggs put in work for four years and I think on the forty acre. LJ mm-hmm. LJ gets more of a break. I think if you probably look at where he stands, if you really were to do it and try to rank him, I think he gets more of a break because of what Texas accomplished in that one really good season he had. He does. He gets a lot Quan- of love for that. Quandre probably gets yeah. mired because Quandre wasn't a part of a team that won 10 games no. or played for, even though 13 they played for a conference championship. Yeah, John Harris syndrome. John Harris gets no love for that 1,000-yard season. No. Nobody gives a damn. I was like, no. This was the worst 1,000-yard season in the history of Texas football. Well, it shows modern numbers. Because it's like, ah. You don't even remember that 1,000-yard season. When you think about the 1,000-yard receivers in yeah. Texas, I, you probably can stump almost every Texas fan because they would miss the John Harris. It's season. your looter like, oh, in the right. Yeah, because when, that's when, your thirty-point scorer on a sixteen-win <laughs> NBA yeah. team. We did it. Yeah, exactly. We like, did it on the show. They're yeah, playing from guys. behind and got to yeah. throw it to somebody, yeah, like, and he's oh, out yeah. there because the rest yeah. suck. Oh, we, the Nets we, have a good player. Who gives a damn? We did it on the show. Angelo Russell. That's who John Harris. We did it on the show because like we were talking about LJ having a thousand-yard season. It's like man, it's been a while. What Shipley lost thousand yards? Like oh, John Harris did it like. Four years ago. Everybody got like, oh, damn. You That's why when people forget that. about Deontay Foreman like, all the that time. That was another one I was going to bring up. Thank Deontay you, man. Foreman had we didn't that even syndrome. mention it. We did. We just forget it's him. True. forgot him. 2,000 yards. You forget, right? You forget well, about and, it. And people are like, man, what's the last time yeah. Tex had a back like Keontae Ager? What, like, like Jamal <laughs> Charles? I'm like... <laughs> 
forget like two years <laughs> ago? Won the Doak <laughs> Walker. The Doak Walker Award winner? Yeah, they, who, that was ago, like bro. some like, writer yeah, in Dallas. Clarence, somebody did that. Like, it was Clarence somebody. Yeah, Clarence. It was Clarence. And I kind of called But no, no, I feel him though because I forgot all about it too. I was like, and I'm a team foreman guy. We were team foreman. But you're right. You're right. It's because the season sucks and Longhorn fans, they forget. It's like my, no, my, it's like my, my big plays in my career. Yeah. Right? They don't get a lot of love because they came in losing efforts. My pick six versus OU, the pick six mm-hmm. versus Colorado, the Big 12 title game. It's like, ah, I don't get to about that, Bakers. Yep. Shut up. They came in losses. So, yeah, that's, that's what happens, man. We the just John, admitted we forgot. We the John Harris syndrome. What are we calling it? We gonna it's the it? Charlie Strong syndrome. We just forgot that whole era. We just said, <laughs> like, it was from John Harris to, to, right. to Deontay right there. Oh, I love him. Shane Bouchel was the first starter yeah. for a quarterback for 12 games since like, Jared Gilbert. Like, nah. Nah, nah. Like, I know, <laughs> look, like, you take Ricky Williams' career, right? This is how Purging you put things in perspective. That is awesome. <clears throat> like, you take Ricky Williams' career, and everybody mm. remembers his freshman year because that was the year Texas goes to College Station and beats A&M for the last Southwest Conference title. And they remember his sophomore year because that was either Texas goes and wins the Big 12 when basically in the Big 12 championship game against Nebraska, Ricky was just kind of a fullback because Priest Holmes yeah. went nuts on oh, yeah. Nebraska. Uh, yeah, and then everybody sure. remembers Ricky's senior year because that was the March of the Heisman Trophy. But, Rod, you start looking at his junior year when Texas was 4-7 and seven under John McEvick mm-hmm. when they were terrible. Nasty. You realize he averaged 6.8 a carry? Yeah. Six point eight yards a carry. Yeah. That's like Vince Young number. Yeah, and they had but what they were a two hundred and thirty pound running back. What else did they have on the team though? You had an injured James Brown. That was it. <laughs> everybody in the stadium, everybody watched on TV. You know everybody knows Eleven's getting the ball. And so it was so impressive, but yet so debilitating, right? Because everybody knows he's getting the ball, and yet still this dude's averaging almost seven yards a carry. But you have no other threat really on the field. So it's like, well, all right, well, we just got to make sure on one of these downs we keep him to less than three yards. So <laughs> one of these downs can we some we know he's getting the ball. We know he's getting he's always only so many angles he can get the ball to. Can we, on what and we know there's only so many good offensive linemen if on one of these downs we gotta hold him to less than like three yards. And then if you do that it's like all right. All right. They'll screw uh, up and throw an incompletion exactly, at some point. They gotta throw it. They gotta throw it. It's like hell why would you throw it? Just keep just giving give it to Ricky. I just kept giving it to Ricky. Just keep giving it to That's what Bucky Gobble did. Long, like it's what long, Dave Wanstead did. Ricky. Unless it's third and ten I'm giving it to Ricky. R- Ricky's junior year yeah. and Deontay Foreman's junior year are very similar in the sense that both those defenses, 97 and 16, both those defenses were so historically bad, bad. that you can run for 250 and three touchdowns. It's not going to matter because your defense is going to give up 45 points. And we're going to score quickly on that D, too. Yeah. <laughs> well, in the Big 12 era, I And you probably that have did, a pretty flawed way but, to yeah. come from behind if all you're doing exactly. is running. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> that was like Bobby yeah. Jack Wright putting Aaron Humphrey at Mike Linebacker. Yeah. That was a team. Rod, Rod B., you, you played with Aaron Humphrey. I did. I played with Aaron Humphrey. He was playing D. In by the yeah. time I got here, which was where he needed to be. Yeah. He was a ferocious DN. Uh, but yeah, man, our our D our defense the line was nasty back then. I mean, I came in, I think it was Cedric Woodard. Uh, Aaron Humphrey, Casey Hampton, and Sean Rogers was the hmm. D line, I believe, when I came in my fresh year. That's disgusting. I think that may have been the best. I, I gotta go back and look. It may have been the best D line in the country. I mean, I gotta go back and look. If there was well, a D line, it definitely than was that. like the next it year. It was up there with like if it's you know with Florida State back then. I'm trying to think of who else. Maybe you know whoever was a powerhouse, Notre Dame or whatever back then. Because I can't think. You got I think Casey was a first round pick. Sean Rogers was a second round pick. Cedric Woodard played in the NFL mm-hmm. for like five, six years. Yeah, he was a late round pick. And a hump, and he got a cup of coffee, like you know. But you know, he that's a guy that probably could have played in the NFL if he didn't keep getting hurt. Um, but I don't know. That D line was so good, man. It was ridiculous, unbelievable. We couldn't even practice. I remember them having to like stop. <laughs> Casey. Pra- yeah, like like man, take Casey, out. take like, literally get him. take Casey out of there. Go hurry up, go to play. It's like, well, it's not his fault. He's just trying to work his craft. You know yes. what I mean? It's like no, with him and it's like no, he's got to be. We got to practice with just him, with Sean or him. We couldn't have both of them. Practicing against the O line because it and our O line was pretty damn good back then. Remember, you had O line back then had Mike Williams, Leonard Davis was on that O line. Mm-hmm. That O line was pretty damn good. That wasn't no, no Roger sc- Racer was an All American one year. There wasn't no scrub O line, but dude, when those two D tackles was together, dude, they were just. I don't even know how we. I don't know how we did. Well, we did play in the Big Twelve title game. That's what well, we did twice actually. Well, so and yeah, and I took it. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, take that. We did play in the Big Twelve title game. I was the like, I don't know how we did. season. Yeah. He was All American still, and that was what his sophomore year. God, he. Was yeah that D line was so nasty. Like, anyway. hey, if you look at Casey Hampton's numbers in two thousand, what do you have? Like Twenty one tackles for loss. As a freaking nose tackle. Like how do you do that? Did he lead us in tackles one yeah, year? I think he was, was the leading one, tackler. One yes, players. Rod. Yeah. <laughs> 
If you guys can talk think amongst yourselves, that. I'll, no, no, I'll find think that. Think about that for a second, guys. Think about that. A D tackle. We got to go back and do the research. I wish I wish college football reference or somebody do the research. Honestly, do football reference needs to do it because they can do NFL and college. How many times in the history of football has a D tackle led their team in tackles? Like that just it de- it defies football logic. How yeah. the hell can that can it happen? Total dominance. And we're we weren't bad. We weren't a bad defense. They had good players on that defense, but he was just that his effort and I will. Think y'all, I think y'all led the nation in either total defense or run defense that year. And most of it was because of him. I mean his. Will was unbelievable. He couldn't be blocked. I remember that look, yeah, when Casey gave you that look, man. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, when you gave up that third down, you know, curl you, around. You told the story before. God, yeah. dude. I, I mean, I might, I, I still get chills thinking about it. I just remember, like, I still remember the, the sequence. Because I think we only gave up a field goal, but I gave up a, a crucial. I mean, it had to be a third and long. It had to be a third and maybe a third and 11 or something. Gave up the inside leverage. Uh, guy caught it and. I remember Casey yelling, but I wasn't paying attention on the field, but we came back. It's the first time that Casey, while I was on the sideline, came to talk to me during a game. And he's like, he's like, Ron, Ron. I'm like, I just had my head down. He's like, he's like, Ron. And I was like, what's up, man? What's up? He's like, what happened on that curl route? And I was like, like he knew the route. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what happened on that curl route? I was like, man, I gave up the inside leverage. I gave up the inside leverage. I was like, this is my bad. I'm sorry. He's like. He said, come on, man. Come on. Don't give up the inside left. You got to focus. And literally, I just remember my heart beating. I was so scared that he was going to, I don't know why I was scared. I just thought he was going to do something. He was so angry. He was so mad. And he was, yeah, he just walked off and did his thing. But it stuck with me. Still to this day, I remember it. You know what I mean? Like it was, like that was his leadership. He was like, no, he knew the route. He knew you gave it up. He knew who gave it up in the defense. He knew what everybody was supposed to be doing. Accountability. You gave that up. You was in man coverage. Like he knew, you know what Hero. I mean. D-line supposed to pay, pay attention to that, you know what I mean. But he knew it was a quite threatening way to oh, be accountable. Dude, it was. <laughs> Here are Casey Hampton's numbers from the yeah. 2000 season. Uh, he was tied for the team leading tackles with Didi Lewis, who was the middle linebacker, middle linebacker. on that team. Didi Lewis, yo, played uh, in the league for like seven years. 78 tackles, 41 solo. And keep in mind, this is your nose tackle. Okay, mm-hmm. seventy-eight tackles, Crazy. three and a half sacks, eighteen tackles for loss, eighteen tackles, twenty-two, twenty-two pressures, four, four forced fumbles. Oh, and he broke up two passes. And <laughs> <laughs> so there you go, batting down balls back wow. in the day. Wow! So he tied for the team leading quarterback pressures. He Rod uh, Casey Hampton had more tackles. Uh, had had more uh, Led pa- team in tackles for loss. Let's see. What number am I looking at? That is freaky. Seven. Oh, this is passes batted down. Passes batted down, he had two. Uh, yeah. Had two Corey Redding had three for the team lead. That's Yeah, and he led the team in tackles three of the 11 games. <laughs> That's awesome. Like everybody else has. I thought that was PBUs, Ron. I was going to make a joke, man. Did Casey Hampton have more PBUs than you did? But no, you had 10. Quentin Jammer had freaking 20 pass breakups. Yeah, year. Uh, because he, we couldn't catch. I mean, we were both two starting corners and they couldn't catch. I remember that. In position, though. Not in position all the time. Yeah. It's like your job's to not let the wide receiver catch. Yeah. And I think the next year, I want to say the next year, I lead the team in PBUs because they kept throwing at me. Because it was like, well, we're <laughs> throwing the, at Jammer. We're throwing this other scrub over here on the other side. I love uh, the yeah. new record books, too, because all it is. Is, is somebody scanned like the media pamphlet Old that they school. give you? Like it's on their <laughs> crooked. Like literally, there's no more HTML. See how it's sort of crooked on there, and it's just like a copy yeah, like machine. The dark, it gets darker. Is it? Yeah, it's an outline. A yeah. good Xerox. But that you know, and, and I, I love this story because Matt kind of talked about what changed his view when you have a bad game. And you can't just throw the whole team under the bus. He said it was that Oklahoma game uh, that you yeah. guys lost in 2000, 63-14. Got blown out. Where, Rod, I don't know if you remember, apparently Mac ripped into you guys after the game. He and did. He just, got on everybody. Yeah. You know, told you you sucked and you're terrible and he you should be embarrassed. Got on all the guys. Flashed out in anger. Yeah. <laughs> that was good. He was Matt. embarrassed. It was, I think, his first big embarrassment as a coach. Yeah. Uh, at Texas, anyway. Yeah. yeah. You lose that game that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Um, but Max told the story countless times that he rips into the team and everybody Everybody's getting on the bus, and we Co- it. Coach Royal pulls him aside and said, "Hey, you need to make sure that you don't you watch know, throw film. everybody under the bus. Because yeah. <laughs> when you go back and watch the film and see the way '64 played, you'll change your mind." And mm-hmm. well, Casey Hampton was dominant that day. Dominant that day. Yeah, you dominant. guys didn't lose 63-14 because Casey against Hampton was a national team. title team who could not stop him. He was Kung Su basically that day, and we just didn't realize it because we just got everybody else played so badly, including myself.
Yeah, I mean, he's. I don't think I. I saw. I don't think I remember a bad game by Casey Hampton. That's why I mean, if I'm, I don't it, think I ever remember a bad game. And by it Casey sounds Hampton. lofty, like the top ten players in school history. Casey Hampton's gonna be in my top ten somewhere. Oh man, I remember then. Hell yeah, what Kenny Sims ended up being a number one mm-hmm. overall pick. Yeah, but as D-line. good as as good as Kenny was, I don't I don't know that Kenny was as dominant. Now I don't know if somebody that was around oh. in that time was probably gonna call me out. Oh. I don't know if Kenny was somebody, as so dominant call as, you out. as Casey Hampton was. Old school, somebody old school. Gonna call I know you. Will, and that's fine. That's, Sims, I mean, he was number one overall pick. Right. He was down to now. He's pretty damn down. And, yeah. and, and he will tell you that. Oh, yeah. Kenny, <laughs> I know Kenny will. And, you know, Steve, Steve yeah. McMichael was a part of that team. And everybody that was around the program at that point has, you know, good right. Steve McMichael stories. Uh, yeah, everybody yeah, yeah. everybody yeah. has at least one that's good Steve McMichael Steve. story. Bam, Hello, bam, when, McMichael. When Kenny Sims came on our podcast, if you find it on the SoundCloud page, he talks about McMichael throwing a rattlesnake in his trunk just to drive <laughs> up. And then he was surprised it was dead when he got to Massachusetts. <laughs> Like you just thought this thing was gonna live in there for twenty hours in the heat. Oh man, that's that, crazy. There's also the story about when he was in high school. There, down in Freer, there was a rattlesnake like on the prac field. And he like took off his helmet and went and killed it. Who did? <laughs> Steve McMichael just when went and bam bammed it. Yeah, <laughs> that's wild. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't know why he was so cool with snakes. Because yeah, because he's crazy. Casey has a story about yeah him and and and, and, and snakes too. Uh, from when his was it his dad went to Texas or his uncle Casey? Uh, Casey Stuttered is a oh, legacy. Stuttered, his, his dad. Yeah, yeah. His dad. I thought you were talking about Hampton still. No, 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 I'm I was about, like, I want to hear this. No, no, story. no I'm talking about Stuttered. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. His dad has a story about, yeah, about think, them and snakes. Uncle yeah, he was on the team. Texas too, though. I know. He's got, so, no, yeah. Casey's got, yeah, I don't even, yeah, I, I know it's I know it's one, hell, it may be His both. dad or uncle did. Yeah, it may be one, but he has a story too. I don't know why Steve McMichael was so cool with snakes. I don't get what that was like. But everybody has snake stories about him, and I don't understand. See, that's another position, though, Rob, when you start looking at when you start looking at all-time stuff, that's a position we neglect his offensive line and I know we've had the run here lately where outside of Connor Williams it hadn't been much to brag about but man you start looking at Justin Blaylock has got to be in that conversation Jerry Sizemore yeah probably in that conversation yeah no I agree you got I mean hell I played with Leonard Davis and Mike Williams who are two first round draft picks and I don't think they'll be high up as you know some of those other guys but I mean they were really great players offensive linemen that I played with yeah that was the one thing when we were going through the list of players and in my head I was thinking of position groups and we'd all sort of mentioned the best that one, but offense line was the one where I couldn't think of the clear cut one. There's like those five different guys about right yeah, there that you the just mentioned. In uh, uh, wasn't Brockemeyer really good? Blaylock's got to be up there. Blaylock uh, and Leonard were in my mind just of my lifetime. That mm-hmm. seemed like the two. It was Leonard and then Blaylock came in and Blaylock up was a unanimous All American. Um, I say Jerry Sizemore's got to be up there too. Yeah, Jerry Sizemore was a two-time yeah, unanimous man. All-American. Yeah, you yeah, so you got those guys. Jerry Sizemore's got to be. See, yeah, up you don't think about that. Yeah, O-line not getting a lot of love, but you're right. I didn't think about that. Yeah, Dan Neal, two-time All-American. It's not as high profile as some other positions, but I mean, there's guys that if you're putting together a top ten, if you're list putting deserve, together, that, yeah, that list deserves some consideration. I don't know if any one of them will crack the top ten though, and that's unfortunate. I don't think so. That's no. only no, a that's sure. Most of that is bias. I will agree with that, but I don't know if mo- if any Longhorn fan you throw out there and poll them, they'll they wouldn't put them in the top ten. So if we're doing like that next the next five, we're down to Bobby Lane, Johnny Johnson. For sure, right? I so say yeah. I say sure. Johnny Johnson is six. I say Bobby Lane is seven. So for sure, those guys are in the top seven all yeah. time. So then that basically leaves three spots in the top ten. That leaves mm-hmm. three spots, and those three spots, yeah, you can. I mean, <laughs> they're probably twelve guys. You probably could argue for those three spots if you want to. Yeah, like yeah. legitimately. You know what I mean? Like you, you That's in terms of get, how you want to how you want to grade because, like you said, if you want to go by all American status, then hell, you're gonna have some offensive linemen and some other guys that are probably gonna end up cracking that you know cracking in that top ten. And that's total message board fodder. Like that definitely will get the yeah. conversation and arguments. About, no, I agree. Who this one's better? Or I, this um, one? Yeah, I'm trying to think who I would put at seven, eight, and nine. My seven, eight, nine. I mean, I'm sorry, eight, nine, ten, eight, nine, ten. My eight, six, nine, my eight, nine, ten would probably be in order. Probably. Derek Johnson, Jerry Gray, Casey Hamm. Pretty good. Man, you got all defense. Yeah. Top five was because four well, or five offense. Well, think about it, though, Rod. I mean, can you, can you put another running back up there, and who would it be? No. Like with, like with Jamal Benson, and Deontay are close, but they're top 20 and Benson. I we would say, Benson. I guess Benson and Jamal Charles could end up at station. Yeah, I mean it's tough, man. It really is. Like, like I said, you you can go with you can go offense and go with you know a couple of those guys. Like you basically, could go you with do it. Benson, top or five or a top twenty. Like it's hard to do a top ten. The top ten is tough. The top ten is tough. The top ten is tougher than a top twenty. Top twenty would be easier. Yep, because I wouldn't feel as bad. Nope. 
And then, <laughs> you know, people might people might want to put uh people might want to put Roy Williams on there, but Rod, you you've gone on record Shippy's got to go higher than Roy Williams. And yeah. You've gone on record saying that because of how Roy Williams played in the Oklahoma game, he can't be number. Four. I have more touchdowns in the Oklahoma games than Roy Williams. That's that's crazy. It's not, that like is riddle. Facts. It sounds like a that riddle. Is not disrespectful. That ain't fake news, people. That's facts right that there. That is facts, man. That's not a lie. So I I can't say he's the the the, the goat of wide receivers at Texas. I think that's Jordan Shipley and. Does Jordan Shipley crack the top ten if he's the goat? No, for me, no. He's close, but eh, Man, he's, he would be. He's in the argument for those eight through ten. But I don't, I don't even know if Jordan Shipley would crack my top fifteen. That's no disrespect to him. I don't even know if he's in the top fifteen. So no wide receiver cracks your top fifteen because because if I'm if I'm gonna take like Casey Hampton at ten, if I'm gonna take Casey Hampton out, I probably put Jerry Sizemore. Um. Man, yeah, the Casey Hampton thing. <laughs> that argued out. Now you I am now convinced as a as a Casey Hampton former teammate that damn man. I'm say Rod, you played with the guy. There. No, he yeah. is. He I'm just trying to think of is there a better D lineman at Texas than Casey Hampton? I mean Scott no. Appleton you would probably put in there because he won the Outland trophy. And then Kenneth Sims was the number one overall pick. Yeah. So I yeah. guess you got and two I think guys. Didn't Kenny win the Lombardi Award? I yeah, think, so you got two maybe. guys in that conversation. But I mean, look, well, if, we're, if we're talking about. doesn't need to be. I don't left. think Arakpo's there. But just, I'm just saying about, that he's in that group if we're going in yeah, saying yeah. five. But yeah, I put Casey Hampton up there, and a DJ would almost make my eight, nine. <laughs> like I'm at about nine by and now. And those guys are more decorated than Casey. Yeah, if you're going to talk about like Casey, D- D-line like a, like, he's like a folk hero. Well, and that's where, like, how do we define this? You have to be a Texas football fan to have the Casey Hampton one high because, in terms of accolades, I don't. I think there's other. The guys are more decorated, probably. Same I mean, with Brian Arakpo fills up the damn Earl above them. Brian exactly. fills up the damn trophy case just one season. I mean, he won exactly the, the Lombardi, the yeah. Hendrix. I think he won the Nagurski Award, yeah. the Neric, one of those. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So that ain't what's about. It's like it. my my DBU rank is why Nasty Nate Nathan Nathan Vasher is probably the least decorated <laughs> yep, like Longhorn DB great ever. And if you watch Texas football, you're like, oh yeah, that ain't crazy. But see, He's Nathan Vasher, Nathan mm-hmm. Vasher's at my top fifteen because if I'm doing a DB ranking, <laughs> my my Mount like my DBU Mount Rushmore right would and we you and I have talked about this. Mm-hmm. Would be Jerry Gray and Johnny Johnson without question. No question. You got to put them on. Yeah, you got to put them both. I put Earl Thomas in there because even though it was two years, no, no. you it got was no, two. It was two brilliant years. You get no complaint from me at all. And, and, and if a local fan complains about that or disputes mm-hmm. it, then they're ignorant. And I got okay? and, I, so and, and for me, I got to put Nathan Vasher in there, even over the two Thorpe Award winners, because and maybe it's just because I was like in high school when you guys started that run. When I think of the Swiss Army knife DB that Texas made famous during this DBU run under Dwayne. Akina, it all goes back to Nathan Vash. It's him, man. Yeah. I agree with that. I, I can't, I, I really don't disagree with yours at all. I, I put Huff Daddy on it because he's a Thorpe Award winner and, you know, he was, he kind of, he's basically the, uh, you know, the apotheosis, the apex of the DBU reinvention at that time. Uh, but uh, Jerry Gray, Johnny Johnson, Michael Huff, and I'll put Nathan Vash there too. He's in my, yeah. my, he's on mine too. So. But yeah, I mean, you talk about top 10, top 12s, whatever. I mean, James Street's got to be in there somewhere, right? Mm. But, yes, James street yeah i mean i think james she's a little lower but he's I, like I, jamal charles it's a small window of success it's where earl like it's a tighter thing you only have yeah. 16 games he did good during it but you even hear people talk about that time that he wasn't the x-factor guy of that team mm, yeah i mean that's yeah you're right I, yeah i think you're right at this point i'm gonna go with i'll probably go with casey in my in that eight nine and ten one of those spots I think I'm persuaded to do that too, man. That now that is that's and that actually is a kind of a controversial opinion. I don't know if everybody would have him in the top ten. Okay, it's time for our first break on this week's show. But when we come back, there is plenty of Texas football talk on the other side. So do not go anywhere. You're listening to Longhorn Blitz with Horns Twenty Four Seven dot com. You're catering a wedding, and the bride says, Everyone is raving about the hors d'oeuvres. My aunt was asking if you do corporate events. Now is the time when the right business card is essential, and Vistaprint can help. Head to Vistaprint.com, and you can customize 500 cards starting at just $9.99. You choose the paper, the shape, and the finish. Whatever your style, create a card that gives you the confidence to own the now. So head to Vistaprint.com and get 500 business cards starting at $9.99. Use promo code 2424 at checkout. That's Vistaprint.com, promo code 2424. Hi, I'm Paul. I know what you're thinking. Oh, great. Another wireless ad. I know how you feel. And it seems like they're always full of this complicated, tricky language about their networks and offers and blah, blah, blah. Well, Sprint is going to do things differently and let you decide for yourself with their new 100% total satisfaction guarantee. Try it for 30 days, love it, or your money back. See? Simple. Now get both Sprint's unlimited plan and the all-new Samsung Galaxy S10 included for just $35 per month per line for five lines. 
So switch now. Visit your local Sprint store, Sprint.com, or call 800-SPRINT-1 today. 30-day guarantee with new line of service. S10 128 gigabyte, $15 a month after $22.50 a month credit for 18 months credit applied within two bills. The canceled early, remaining balance due. Unlimited basic after 63020, pay $32 per month per line for five lines with auto pay. Data deprioritization during congestion. Coverage and offer not available everywhere. Speed maximums, use rules, $30 activation fee and restrictions apply. Unisom knows when you don't get enough sleep, it's hard to avoid the fog. It's a sneaky fella. Hates sleep. Only appears when you don't get enough of it. I've seen the fog make a guy pour salt in his coffee. Thought it was sugar. Ever fold an entire basket of dirty laundry? Wasn't you. It was the fog. Unisom is specially formulated to help you fall asleep fast and get a good night's sleep. You'll wake up ready to take on the day. Sleeping well is the fog's worst nightmare. Unisom. Use as directed. Hi, I'm Paul. I know what you're thinking. Oh, great. Another wireless ad. I know how you feel. And it seems like they're always full of this complicated, tricky language about their networks and offers and blah, blah, blah. Well, Sprint is going to do things differently and let you decide for yourself with their new 100% total satisfaction guarantee. Try it for 30 days, love it, or your money back. See? Simple. Now get both Sprint's Unlimited plan and the all-new Samsung Galaxy S10 included for just $35 per month per line for five lines. So switch now. Visit your local Sprint store, Sprint.com, or call 800-SPRINT-1 today. 30-day guarantee with new line of service. S10 128 gigabyte, $15 a month after $22.50 a month credit for 18 months credit applied within two bills. The canceled early, remaining balance due. Unlimited basic after 63020 pay $32 per month per line for five lines with auto pay. Data deprioritization during congestion. Coverage and offer not available everywhere. Speed maximums, use rules, $30 activation fee and restrictions apply. This is Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Now, here is your host, Jeff Howe. I'm going to focus on running backs this week. When you look at this 2019 team and the jump we're expecting this offense to make, Rod, how much of that jump? We talked last week about the, the growth of Sam Ellinger. That's a huge part of it, right? Big part and of The biggest part. Larry Fedora and Andre Coleman, what they're going to bring to help kind of bring along this offense, help it take the next step. But how much of what we're expecting this offense is due to we just expect Keontae Ingram to be that much better than he was? Um, yeah, I mean, the running game has got to be a big part of it, right? I mean, you're talking about the, the power spread or the pro spread. Um, and that's why Jordan Whittington's presence, I think, is going to be big, too, because you want to be able to balance that running game with many different components. Right. All right, you don't want to have to be overly dependent, over-leveraged, overexposed with just one, you know, like that Deontay Foreman year. Yeah, that was great, but everybody was holding their breath all the time, too, because, like, man, anything happens to that guy, that's all they have, really, on mm-hmm. offense. You know what I mean? And you want to balance that running game. You want to diversify those those touches, and that's why, you know, Sam being a running quarterback, then having Keontae Ingram, then having Jordan Williamson, they're going to complement one another and make each other better, right? The reason that Keontae Ingram is going to be more effective is because they do have to worry about the running the, the running threat from the quarterback, and it's going to make a guy like Jordan Whittington more, and you, you want to add another running back there, too. I, I think they do want to add another running back to their group. They would like to balance it with like two or three different types of backs. They're all going to play different roles, I think, for them. Yeah. We know the Whittington role is going to be different from the Keontae Ingram role. Sometimes those guys should be in the backfield together. But I think they want they want a, a, a power back too. I think they that's why they want you know the Daniel Young experiment to work a little bit too. Yeah, would, I, I think you can attack that one or two ways, Rod. I think you need a third guy because you can't be you can't have your offense be held hostage to if one of those two guys gets hurt. Exactly. You know that's a wheel falling off the car. Yeah. You know, you've got to be able to protect yourself from that. So you can attack that one or two ways. You could either say, okay, we really have faith in Danny Young that he's not going to put the ball on the ground and is going to be the guy that he showed as a freshman he's capable of being. Or two, and I think this is the road they're at least kicking the tires and maybe they go down this road all the way. You got one spot left to add somebody. Maybe oh, you yeah. just say, hey, let's go see if we can get Tavian Feaster in. Yeah, a little transfer, a little graduate transfer. Yeah, yeah something like that. I, I agree with you. I think they do. I think they want to have the run. So, because they want to be able to pound people into submission with the running game if necessary, yeah. especially in the Big 12. And you can't just do that with Sam because exactly. that's risque. All right. We know he can do a little bit and we want him to do a little bit. We like that, but we don't want to unleash Bam Bam Sam we know until we have, we have that to play. The option. Yeah, until it's Georgia, college football playoff, then mm-hmm. hell yeah, you know what? Sam Ellinger, 22 
carries. You know what I mean? Like we don't want to, we want him to be a complimentary piece to the running game. Like in the NFL, the playoffs, you saw quarterbacks running all over. Yes, because like, well, now we got now it. we can do it. Now we can do it. We got, we got it. exactly. Or hell, it's um, like go back to 2005. It's like VY, right? Like yeah. Against Ohio State in a horseshoe, you're probably gonna get the hell beat out of you because we're gonna need you to carry it. 20 times and probably have your hand on the ball 50, 60 times by yourself in this game to win it. Exactly. But the next week against Rice, maybe we can throttle back a little bit and let Jamal Charles and Seven Young and Ramon Taylor there take it over. Yeah, and against LSU, yeah, maybe you need to unleash Bam Bam Sam to win that game. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. So I think that's that's why you want to make sure you have a lot of different guys that you can go to. And, you know, like I said, it's going to be a pick-your-poison offense, man. It's going to be pretty simple. You're either going to try to stop this power running game that we present, alright? Because now the offensive line is revamped and we got a lot of different threats in the backfield that can hurt you. Or you're going to have to stop this passing game. And we got threats that go deep and they're and they're big and they're rangy and they're athletic. Colin Johnson is Mr. 50-50. We got, uh, you know, we got Epps on one side. Can go to him. He's 6'7". Duvernay is a track star. Burt's a track star. So we can take the top off of any defense or we can pound you. So I think it's a pick your poison. And once that defense decides, all right, we're going to stop A or we're going to stop B, then Texas goes, all right, you want to stop Colin Johnson in the passing game? Fine. We're just going to run the football. Right. And then we'll RPO you. And then we'll play action you. And then we'll use the quarterback running game. And, you know, yeah. I think I think it's, it's going to be a pretty simple recipe. And you have the bevy surface. of options sort of now, which you haven't really had the last few years, which at times can make you be more predictable. So this is only going to help when, again, supposing defense is the, the idea that you're having one the safety being allocated over the top to hold somebody away. Or if not, well, you got to keep them in the box to be able to stop the run. Yeah. And it's only going to, no matter what, well, the RPO, it's going to decide who's wide open. It's pretty easy. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, if you don't want to stop, if you don't want to put a safety over Colin Johnson and Devin DuVernay and John Burt and Malcolm Epstein, okay, that's cool. But if they're one-on-one, man, we're checking that all day, every day. Because he can can catch any 50-50 ball. Let me ask you this, Rob. When you look at Keontae Ingram, do you see a guy that can be the number one running back on a conference championship slash playoff team? Um, yeah, you got to find number one running back too. You know what I mean? I, I, you know, think about that 2004, 2005, you know, national title teams for Texas. You know what I mean? Like that's, you had, it was spread out over so many different guys. You had a number one in Benson when you didn't win, but when you had a bevy of options, you won. Yeah. Like it was like the three, they had like three. The last time Texas had three different players rush for at least 500 yards, they won a national title. Mm -hmm. And to me, that's kind of what I'm looking for. I would like Sam to end up at with 500 at the end. And yeah, Keontae Ingram may be at 900 and maybe Whittington at around six or 700. I got, you know what I mean? I don't really need a workhorse anymore. Mm-hmm. I don't. I just need uh, guys who are effective and my, the yards per carry mean more to me. I mean, you can try to be Georgia if you want to and have 2,000 yard backs and maybe Texas will get back to that point, you know, next year. But right now your backfield is young. You know what I mean? And, and Tom Herman has already shown, I don't like to pound young backs. I'm not gonna, you know what I mean? I'm not gonna work these young backs. I'm not gonna pound them into, you know, I mean, to the point where they're the wear and tear starts to you can see the tread wearing down the tires already no i'm gonna keep these guys fresh so i don't think i don't think we're gonna we may not even have a thousand yard back next by year. the way you were you were 18 yards away from having five guys rush for at least five last year right? three guys rush for at least 500 last year. there you go and what were you ten, you, you're a 10 win team <laughs> you well, really you count ellinger you had it that beat georgia late, no you did no because ellinger didn't get it. he got like 470 something oh I think, well right? when, i always look at the numbers when you take off second uh, which is inaccurate so right, if we're looking right. at runs right. 677 okay. from Ellinger 708 and 786 from Watson. So you okay. got over 2,000 from those three whenever you did take out the sack yardage, yeah, so, yeah, which is point. very good. Good point. Ellinger finished with 482 total. Okay, so 482. He was right there. So you were close. Yeah. yeah. So this is kind of my thing, though, where I'm talking about a championship caliber back, right? When I think about the back making a difference for Texas offense, like I go back to your 2001 team, and that defense, everybody knew that defense. Even though you lose Sean Rogers and Casey mm-hmm. Hampton, somehow you're still real salty as hell on yeah, defense. And that's Corey Redding being a year older. You had really good linebackers, plus Derek Johnson coming in as a true mm-hmm. freshman. And then probably the best secondary in the country. One of them. Uh, so you knew you were going to be good on defense, but the offense kind of sputtered. And then you lose that game to Oklahoma. And then you say, you know what? Just put the kid in the backfield and let him run. Unleash him. Cedric Benson goes for a thousand yards. You realize, Rod, in the six games after you guys lost that game to Oklahoma with Cedric Benson getting what, twenty something carries a game? You guys outscored people forty two to eleven on average. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. He was yeah. kind of the key to that offense. They were, running, they were running kind of, you know, old school I formation and, you know, gave him a fullback and a lead blocker and he was a downhill runner. So it, it was a perfect match. It really was to what they were doing. Uh, but I, I will say this. It, he was fresh too, man. He was fresh. Like I think he came, it was at the, the Colorado was game. Fourth or fifth, yeah, whatever it is. I remember being at that first he game so whenever fresh. he played right after it. And I mean, yeah. just watching it, it oh, just man. seemed like it was, oh, they can't stop this guy. Yeah. He just had, he really had a burst that you, you know what I mean? That we hadn't seen on that offense in a while. And he 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 leaned. He always leaned in and gained yardage once he hit contact. Tom like, Herman would he love was him. Never, yeah, he was. He was <laughs> never. He, he was never like taken aback when he was hit. Like he was mm-hmm. never. They never. They never was able to, to force him into bouncing backwards. He always fell forward. It was amazing. He had through, a beautiful lean when he ran through too. the first through the first five games yeah. of the year. He had forty four carries. His first start against Oklahoma State, he had thirty one. He was a workhorse. He was old school workhorse man, and he was durable as hell. Yeah. He Remember, I don't remember any injuries with said B either. Man. The, only, the only one really, and I think it messed him up even the sophomore year, was the neck injury he had right. in the Big 12 championship game. You're right. Which yeah. wasn't a durability. That was just a freak. I mean, well, look, Mike you, right you go run into Mike Williams yeah. at full speed head yeah, first right. and see if you don't have a neck issue. That Got lingers. about that. Yeah. Uh, that game is a fun was one. To that game was a freak game, period. 6 4, 330 or whatever Mike Williams was. Oh, yeah, man, if you ever see please. that on Longhorn Network during the summer replays, and definitely watch it. I, wa- I rewatched yeah. that 2013 Texas. Texas OU game was replayed the other day, and that's a fun game to watch. It was crazy, crazy watching Kate Coy. So, yeah. so we're taking account what Cedric Benson did in 2001. Yeah. Uh, and even look at like the, the offense going, you go back to John McAvoy going from 94 to 95 when you throw Ricky into the mix. Oh, that's a great And you bring in Sean Mitchell. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Priest, Priest in that backfield too? Priest, I think, was 95 the year Priest was hurt, or was it 96? Oh, no, I don't remember. At one point, they said they moved Wayne McGarry out because he was a running back too. Yeah. The way he had so many running backs are like Wayne you got to play wide receiver Ricky you got to play fullback I mean, yep. that's how many running backs he had, He's had a, Priest you know. got healthy by the 96 <laughs> Big 12 championship and boy it's been a riches but you, you look at that what a, what a difference a running back can make and then you go to 2005 and you're coming off a year where you lose Cedric Benson but you bring Jamal Charles into the program, and yeah. then that mix with B.Y. and Lawrence Taylor and Ooh. Selvin Young and Jamal Charles, and you're throwing Henry Melton as your goal line. They had so many great backs whose styles were so different, though. Mm-hmm. They all complemented one another. There was a like there was not really one copycat back, a clone back who was just like the other one. They really were all very different. Chris mm-hmm. Obanaya was like you your mean? fifth string running back. Yeah, Obanaya and Melton and, and, were and, clean and, up. He crew. ended up being a great back in Texas the, too. Yeah, but that, <laughs> the, that's my point. Like you look at what if there was something that. Really, that 08 offense, as good as Chris Obanile, what that 08 offense was missing, that 09 offense was missing, it was that complementary piece in, in the, the backfield. backfield with Colt. No doubt. And totally agree. Regardless of what your opinion of Keontae Ingram is, right? as you said, how do you define a number one running back now? Which I think the definition has changed. Mm-hmm. I think you can look at Keontae Ingram and you look, can look at Jordan Whittington, and I'm kind of with you. I think, okay, I like this mix with Sam Ellinger. But you can really add, I don't know if it's a power dimension or a playmaking dimension. Yeah, they there's one still more. that one little, yeah. like, one little quarter, one little third that I you're agree. missing to round that off and really make your backfield complete. I agree with you. The complimentary style. I almost say, I almost want to say, yeah, it is a power back of some sort. It's, a, it's almost like a Daniel a, a, Young type. It is. It's, a, it's <laughs> kind of a David Montgomery, too, kind of type. Yeah. Remember that? David Montgomery from Iowa State. People forget, man, he's, he's, yeah. he's squatty. And that's why the, the Bears, I believe, drafted him early yeah. on. You know why the Bears drafted him? Because the Bears run a lot of run mm-hmm. pass ops, a lot of RPOs. And, and RPOs plays are usually for the backs. Where are they going? In between attack. Didn't they one. trade Jordan Howard, too? Yeah, he's uh, They gone. trade Jordan. Who also is a great inside runner. Yeah. Um, from who they trade him to? Who they trade him to? I'm not to sure. Packers, maybe? I think I maybe say, something like that, yeah. Him in the but division, was, but, my, yeah. My point being, I think that's well, what they're missing. Philly. I think you were the Philly. You yeah. were, I mean, the run pass option is great, but I, the research that's yeah, been done at the NFL at Philly, who also runs a lot of run pass options. If you're going to run an RPO, so Texas is going to do, of course, that's why they're bringing in Larry Fedora. That's part of the reason they're bringing him in. You want to have a back that can run really, really uh, good and effectively in between the tackles. That's where a lot of your run pass option uh, run plays are designed to go. And that's why you see, you know, those teams having that guy. That's why, you know, Kansas City has a lot of complimentary backs, too, because they run a lot of run pass options. you got to have that guy that can go in between the tackles. Yeah, and it seemed like oh, the Big 12's just been full of your Montgomery's. Like, Baylor has a new Montgomery every single yeah. year, it seems like. It's true. You know? You're right about that. Hey, you know what? Uh, the Texans are going to do that with Deontay. They're going to start running that with Deshaun Watson. They're going to start running the run pass option. That's why I they, think the Cowboys, that's why they wanted to get uh, 
Weaver. That's why they drafted that guy. They're like, no, because they're going to run a lot of – everybody's going to run more run pass options, period. You mean and Bill Texas O'Brien's going to stop running Deshaun Watson on quarterback sweep on the goal line? Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Because Lamar Miller's supposed to be their complimentary piece. So to your point, everybody is starting to – you're right. They invest differently in the running back position. Even the Patriots. The Patriots pay $12 million uh, toward the running back position, $12 million plus, actually. And they, they draft their running back in the first round. Everybody wonders, well, why? Well, because they figured out, you know what? It's not going to be one guy we're going to invest in. We're going to invest in the running back position overall, and we're not going to be over-leveraged in just one guy. That's the question with Ezekiel and the Cowboys, question with Gurley and the Rams, but what are the Rams doing? Drafting a running back early on in the second round in this draft, they brought back Malcolm Brown because they figured, all right, if we're going to invest Margin in a running back, error, yeah, that's not one where... thing could screw us over. Exactly. If Zeke really got arrested, yes. he would have been screwed. Exactly. So <laughs> we can't allow ourselves to be over... Tied to one guy. To tie to one guy. We can't do that. So now it's like, all right, so let's invest in the running game, mm-hmm. not just the running back position, and I think Belichick's the one they're learning like for that committee. Time. Which yeah. is why I'm all about going to get Tavian Feaster, man. If yeah. you can get him, You're if right. he wants to come, then make it happen. Yeah. All right, one more break on this week's show. We will wrap this thing up and put it in the oven on the other side as we close out another edition of Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Welcome back to Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Here again is Jeff Howe. All right, Matt, thanks for everything, man. More than welcome. Rod B., appreciate the time and the knowledge. Anytime, brother, anytime. For, for Matt, for Rod, for everybody at the Austin Radio Network and the Horn 1049, 1019, AM 1260, streaming on the Horn app and at hornfm.com, where you can get Rod B. on the Rodcast each and every weekday from 1 to 3. Shameless plug. You can get this podcast on Megaphone, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, anywhere you get your podcasts. And thanks to Matt, you can get all of our archives, our classic interviews, classic shows on the Longhorn Blitz SoundCloud page. Yep, just type in Longhorn Blitz. For the Horn family, for the Horns 24 Seven family. I am Jeff Howe. Thank you so much for downloading and listening, and we will catch you again on the next episode. You've been listening to Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Remember, for the latest Longhorn news 24-7, visit Horns247.com. Technology Truths, brought to you by GEICO. Technology Truths. Truth, you think you can solve any problem by turning your computer off and on. Hey, man, is something wrong with your laptop? Nah, I just need to turn it off and on. It's no problem. It's smoking. Yeah, that just means it needs to reboot. Truth. It's so easy to switch and save on car insurance at Geico.com. And now it's on fire. Happens all the time. It's all good. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Message and data rates may apply. Up to eight messages a month. TNC and privacy policy found at purple.com. Reply help for help or stop to cancel. Not to brag, but the purple mattress is a pretty big deal. And so is our purple Memorial Day sale. For a limited time, get up to $100 off and a free set of luxury purple sheets when you buy a mattress. That's up to $229 in savings. Our biggest sale ever. What makes purple such a big deal? It's the only mattress that gives your back the firm support it needs and the soft comfort you crave at the same time. No matter your body type or favorite sleep position, Dreading those hot summer nights? Purple's one-of-a-kind comfort technology naturally stays cool all night so you don't sweat the bed. Not to mention it isolates motion, is non-toxic, and is made right here in the USA. Because the best rest of your life starts on Purple. Don't miss out on Purple's humongous Memorial Day sale. Get $100 off and free sheets by texting TRY to 84888. Shop the best deal yet by texting TRY to 84888. That's T-R-Y to 84888. You're catering a wedding, and the bride says, Everyone is raving about the hors d'oeuvres. My aunt was asking if you do corporate events. Now is the time when the right business card is essential, and Vistaprint can help. Head to Vistaprint.com, and you can customize 500 cards starting at just $9.99. You choose the paper, the shape, and the finish. Whatever your style, create a card that gives you the confidence to own the now. So head to Vistaprint.com and get 500 business cards starting at $9.99. Use promo code 2424 at checkout. That's Vistaprint.com, promo code.